Welcome to The Cobot Show, the podcast that breaks down the barriers of industrial automation. My name is Danielle Marlette from Universal Robots, and today we're talking about integration. Talking with me today is Joe Campbell, industrial marketeer who has been in the industry for over 40 years. And we also have with us Craig Zobaris, the president of Fusion OEM, and they've been in business for just under 20 years. So let's talk about integrating robots with two industry experts. Hey, Craig, we are really excited that you're here. This is going to be a great session today. So the first question is an easy one. Um, how did you get started with uh, collaborative robots in, in your business? And maybe even give uh, our listeners a quick little background on your business. Sure. Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to thank you both for having me on the podcast today as a guest. And also, I have to uh, thank you also for the great staff you guys have at Universal Robots and uh, being a great partner here at uh, with Fusion. Uh, our story, you know, begins back in 2002. We were established as a contract manufacturer that was assembling light industrial equipment for OEMs in the Chicagoland area. And over time, we added machine uh, shop capabilities and graduated to a level of expertise in uh, CNC milling and turning. And uh, we, we have uh, now uh, 14 Haas CNC machines. And, um, you know, we were uh, concerned about the next generation of machinists. Uh, we had a lot of older generation machinists and we had all these uh, apprentice, let's say, uh, ones zero to three years of experience, um, all willing to be uh, machinists, uh, which, you know, was concerning because we weren't, um, I don't know, let's just say, cracking the code on the training. And um, we were concerned about what was gonna be um, the next phase of training. I might I might have made every mistake in the book on, uh, <laughs> on training uh, people. So you name the way of doing it, uh, we did it wrong. Um, and then uh, one, um, one summer and into fall of 2017, um, our, one of our uh, machinists, uh, Davin Erickson, uh, he's now our shop, machine shop manager, uh, was sending me uh, random Instagram posts and YouTube videos continuously of um, these uh, universal robots uh, doing machine tending with the CNC mills and lays. And, um, I, and I said, uh, this is brilliant, um, but you know, we don't need any more complexity. We don't need more things to learn on our machine shop floor. Uh, and he said, no, you got this wrong. And I said, what are you talking about? And he goes, why don't, why don't we take these uh, apprentices that have like zero to three years experience that you know, are now machine operators, which you thought by osmosis they were becoming machinists, um, have them shadow the, the baby boomer generation that's just about to retire to do a skills you know, training and uh, allow the robots to do that dull, you know, mundane work. And I said, huh, I go, you might have a, a you know, a great uh, idea here and let's see if we can flesh it out. And the next thing you know, we uh, had the local distributor in here demonstrating the robot. A few weeks later, uh, we bought one and uh, implemented it and, uh, and with great success. Wow, that's, uh, that is a great story. So now how many robots do you have in your operation today? So we have five uh, robots tending the CNC machines now. That's fantastic. Now, I understood that you you got so good at that, right? You figured it out very well, and you had some very, very direct benefits 
that you actually started um, working with other companies and helping them uh, develop a robot strategy for their shops. Yeah, I, I think I was um, pretty excited about the technology that Universal Robots had to offer and then saw the direction of the market need for machine tending of some sort. And so we added uh, this offering uh, back in, uh, it was in fall of 2018, we became a certified uh, systems integrator for Universal Robots, uh, which was uh, a program that was put together in Ann Arbor, and we had our team of our engineers over there for training. And um, then we came up with a seven different, uh, let's say, standard solutions that feature the Universal Robots. So you could say, hey, um, we're drinking the Kool-Aid and selling the Kool-Aid, and uh, <laughs> it, it gives us a, a lot of market um, validity uh, because we, we are using that same technology here. Um, and so we sell to machinists. Uh, we have a crew of machinists that um, you know help validate this when people want to see this working. Um, so this has been a great way of matching up our capabilities here with what the market needs are today. Now, now you mentioned that you came at this from a, a labor challenge, and I believe me, I've heard that story all across the country. Um, it remains very difficult to hire manufacturing labor, and I, I think the other comment that I hear is in spite of the COVID crisis and this just terrible unemployment that we have right now, the doesn't seem like the underlying problem is gonna go away. Um, but what other benefits have you seen in your business and in your customers' business uh, after you've applied the, the automation? Yeah, um, so it's not just like uh, trying to uh, you know, fill in the, the skills gap side of things, of course, uh, but we've seen an increase in productivity. Um, and so on our shop floor, you know, we're, we're a single ship machine shop, uh, Joe. And so what does that mean? So we're, we're not working seven days a week, you know, three shifts a day. Um, we, we, we're only working eight to 10 hours a day, but what we're also using the robots is for consistent output. Um, so there's no breaks, there's no lunches, um, there's, there's no distractions, the robots just run throughout the day. Um, and then also they go into, um, you know, a few more hours into the, to the night. Um, so sometimes, well, we, we, we start our shift here at 6.30, they're usually here from 3.30 to 4.30 in the, in the afternoon, evening. Uh, but we have these robots running sometimes from, you know, that when we, the, the shift ends until about, you know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, and then the, the, the process is complete. So we've yielded um, better productivity. So even just on the shift side of things, we're seeing about a 34% increase in productivity. Um, but if we're running these things until later into the day, we're, we're seeing sometimes a 40 to 50% increase in product productivity consistently. Well, that, and that obviously means you can expand your business. That's more orders that you can accept, you can bring in the front door. Absolutely. Well, that's a big swing. Well, you know, this transition to integration is, uh, it's interesting because I think you're, uh, you're exactly what I call a lean integrator. Um, you know, and I think, I think that's a, that's a great transition we've seen from other people. So what exactly is a lean integrator though? That's a term that I don't really know of, and maybe our listeners might not be super familiar with either. Well, that's a good, 
Good question. Very good. So, uh, you know, my history is 40 years on the traditional robot side of the business. Um, and, you know, the integration channel on the traditional side is, uh, is, is mostly made up of very large companies, right? I mean, these, these integrators work very hard to get up to scale because um, to take on the large jobs that you see in the traditional side of automation, you have to be big. Um, Craig, you're the lean integrator model. You're a small shop with a small team. You're focused on speed. Um, you don't have uh, 50,000 square feet <laughs> devoted to uh, robot integration. Um, and I, I know we're going to talk more about this later, but I also know that you turn projects very quickly. And uh, those, those, are, that's, those are the attributes of a lean integrator in my mind. Yeah, and, and to add to that too, it's like um, the standardization. Um, you know, with us standardizing in the products that we utilize, um, so we, we, we functionally, the base of all our systems have, you know, a UR5 uh, or a UR10 or a UR16 as our base models um, for machine tending. Uh, so with the quick turns of getting a robot from uh, Denmark within seven to 10 business days and more, it's more like seven days, um, it makes us very agile. And we have a lot of the other uh, products here in-house that have longer leads on them. So our promise to our customers is that all our standard solutions can be delivered within 15 business days, which is three weeks calendar. And um, if they need to be slightly tailored, so it's kind of like a suit, right? You know, you can buy the suit off the rack yep, um, yep. and then you tailor it just a little bit for you. It's the same concept we're doing as a lean integrator is we tailor a little bit. So that could add another like week or two to the application because it's got to go through engineering and some sort of customization. So the goal is that we, if we identify a solution, we can promise it to a customer, you know, within 15 or 25 days of of the order. And that's still extremely fast relative to the traditional market for sure. Now, um, what about UR plus products? Do you leverage a lot of UR plus products in your, in your business? Oh, absolutely. Um, we've had a lot of success um, with, you know, like for example, Robotique. Robotique has like their, we've standardized with their servo grippers, um, the dual handies, um, and their, their caps that go with it make it very easy for us to get up and running for our, our customers. Um, also, we have used, um, you know, Force Copilot um, insights for remote monitoring because all our solutions that we offer our customers um, has remote support. Um, again, going back to being a lean integrator, if, uh, if we have a problem in the field there, Joe. Um, it's, it's important that we can react quickly without having to, you know, get in a car and drive over or fly somewhere and especially today we can't do anything right so all we got is that remote capability um that's you know that's you know comfortable for our employees to go uh serve mm -hmm. our customers well the other thing just to talk about that last step of integration i i have heard you tell customers about your three-day install and startup mm -hmm. which is uh which is absolutely just unheard of um how are you pulling that off <laughs> Well, yeah, so that's another one of our promises to our customers that we can do something within three days. So we like we like installing things on a Monday. Um, so that's day one. Uh, we have our um, our own trucks that um, we load the, the robot system into. Uh, we deliver it right to the customer site. That same team will 
bolted to the floor and if they want to. Um, and then we would, that same team would integrate it into the CNC. So that's a day one, we'll call that Monday. And then day two, Tuesday, uh, we're training. We spend a whole day training and it's kind of like a classroom training we do in their conference room in the morning-ish. And then we work our way out to the floor where the robot is. And by the end of the, the day, we believe that um, the team is, you know, uh, ready for, you know, production. So that third day is Wednesday. Um, we're basically um, writing the program with the customer. We actually basically hand them the pendant. They start writing the program. We're giving them directions, um, meaning that we'll give them the, the things that work, that don't work, um, some tips. Um, you know, we, we, we made every mistake in the book on that too, you know, like on how to best uh, <laughs> integrate it. So, and how to program it for most machine applications. So, especially when it comes to safety and that too, Joe, it, it's important that we explain all the, um, you know, the, the features of what we have to offer in that, that training there. So, um, so what we're looking for is that third day on Wednesday, you know, we're basically running that production with the customer and we're hopefully, um, we're looking at them to kick us out around lunchtime. So, uh, but we're, we're there pretty much all day. Um, occasionally, you know, some things might take a little bit longer, so it might take a fourth day, but there's no extra cost. So all our pricing that we do with our integrated solutions is inclusive. Um, we just want to make sure the customer's happy. Um, and the goal is that they come back and buy a second one, right? Absolutely. Now, do you, um, do you leverage the UR Online Academy to get your customers prepared before you show up? Yes. Um, so <laughs> we, we try uh, to get them to, you know, uh, review the academy. Um, we ask them at least at minimum if they, they, they do that. Um, so we'll, one, one thing is sometimes you can't always ask the customer to do everything. So what we would do and perhaps <laughs> in that, that second day that we do training, um, my secret sauce here is now everybody knows what to do, is just go through that training with them for an hour and a half before we conduct our training so that they mm -hmm. got the right vernacular. Um, so we're talking the same language because trust me, um, we've done a lot of, we've had a lot of mistakes on that too, where we, we assumed, we, we asked, they said, yes, they did the training or I'm going to do it that night, you know, before, and they didn't. So what we do is um, make sure that they do the training before our training is conducted and we do it and watching them over their shoulder. Yeah. And uh, we've had success with that. But the UR Academy training has been a credible, incredible uh, starting place for all our, our customers so that they can begin um, their journey. And the, so, so go ahead. Well, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Danielle. And the Academy can be completed so quickly that you can take just an hour and a half out of, out of the morning while everyone's still drinking their coffee. And uh, right. it's you're done and you learn everything so quickly. It's a great, great tool. Yeah, and, and to echo that, we, we, we actually had split teams, right? So we had some people where it was, you know, like let's just say there's four people, right? Two people that didn't take the academy, two didn't, you know, did. Um, two people would just sit it out, and then we would start at, like, say, 10 o'clock, and we'll start the training. So um, yeah. so we, we, we make it a requirement so that, the we like I said before, the vernacular is understood. So what types of customers are you working with? I mean, are these big shops, small shops, everything in between? Yeah, it's pretty much everything, um, but the small shops seem uh, like we get the most momentum. And mm -hmm. um, it's really exciting. Uh, 
it, and the reason the reason we're seeing it probably more on the the small small side is I think they're having the most trouble with attracting new talent and retaining. Um, so they're trying to look for those alternatives. The bigger companies might have other benefits or other opportunities for them to grow in, but in the small companies, you know, this is um, now you know a good way of retaining their employees. And then also what we discovered too, Joe, I, I think this is an interesting one, is that um, it's an attraction feature, not only a retention feature to have this type of technology because it makes it a little bit more exciting for the next generation of machinists. You know, I, I've, I've, uh, I've heard that consistently. I can't find a way to get statistics on it, like real hard data, but more than, uh, more than once I've had a plant manager tell me it's easier to hire as they start to, to install cobots. It's, it's an attractive technology to a younger generation. Absolutely. So when you start engaging with a customer, do they typically start the discussion with a project in mind or are you kind of helping them find the low hanging fruit, the, you know, the best applications to start with? Yeah, um, that's a great question, Joe. Um, so since we do a lot of our projects for uh, machine shops, most of the time they know which machine needs to be automated. So you don't really have to identify it. On the other side of our business that we go after is um, maybe something else that could be more on the non-machining side. It might be in you know, some other finishing or QC or assembly such as screw driving and things like that. Um, those are ones that we, we tour around and we discuss it. But um, sometimes, you know, the customer knows better than we do. Um, you know, as much as we can walk through a facility and identify areas, we don't know the backstory. We don't know the history. We don't know, um, you know, like I, I was in a facility uh, a couple weeks ago and they're like, can you identify any more? And they're just showing me each one. And there might be a few people with us from their 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 shop or uh, their factory. And, and they say, well, yeah, but this is not, uh, any more than, you know, we do this process four hours a day or this one, right. this one I do two shifts a day or whatever. I, I can't identify that. Um, and so it's really incumbent on the, um, the prospective customer to really know that better than us. Um, but, you know, we entertain a lot of that um, just to get to know the customer better and, you know, where their mindset is. Uh, and we've seen the full continuum of people that have are chalk with data, like tons of data. They can pinpoint exactly where they need help at. And then there's ones that are just shrugging their shoulders and are like, I just need help. I, I need somebody in here to <laughs> yeah. just tend to these two machines. I, I had one customer in suburban Chicago and um, really small, the typical mom and pop machine shop. Um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a thriving business, but... You know, you went in there and um, and I, I looked around and I'm like, OK, I, I don't know if this is going to go anywhere. And um, and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll quote you one of these robots for this one machine, this one Haas uh, machine. And he he said, what what do you, what do you mean you're going to you're going to quote one of them? He's like, it only makes sense to put two of them in. And sure enough, within two right. weeks, he was right. He ordered two right away. He was the only one that we did a multi order immediately. Um, Yep. Uh, that was our wow. first one. So we were excited about that. 
Yeah, I think the story that I typically hear is, uh, is it really parallels your story, how you got started. Yeah, give it a shot. I'm going to try one. And, um, and, you know, they start to evolve pretty quickly after that. Mm-hmm. So it's also interesting because you were a do-it-yourselfer in the beginning, right? You, you self-integrated your first robot um, into your own shop. Now that you're kind of on the integration side uh, as well, do you see that do-it-yourself role differently? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's a it's a great question. Um, you know, like all the social media out there um, shows a lot of these robots being demonstrated with ease, and it says, ah, how hard could that be? You know, um, and the most elegant solutions are the ones that put the most thought into, right? Um, and you know, as a do-it-yourselfer, you know, at the beginning. Uh, you know, we, again, you know, I, I'm a firm believer we learn from our mistakes again. And, you know, we, we learned a lot about how to communicate with the machines, uh, what type of end effectors we should use, uh, yep. you know, how we would nest parts, um, you know, what type of door opening technology we needed, um, what to do with the completed parts. But the key thing is, you know, I, I felt like, you know, we were a little bit alone out there um, because we didn't know how to standardize on things. And um, going back to um, Robotique, the founder of it, Sam Bouchard had a book, uh, Lean Robotics, which is a fantastic book if you could pick that up, um, because it talks about um, standardization. And, and just like anything in manufacturing processes, um, the, the way you win is by standardizing. And... Um, I wish I had a standard to follow because there was so many options, you know, it's like, um, you know, the, the UR plus is awesome, but there's a lot of solutions out there and like kind of trying to narrow it all down was probably our biggest challenge. And then mm-hmm. standardizing on how we wrote the code, because the other thing too, we want to make the code easy for all our um, other machinists to understand. So if they have to make modifications, and so there, there's a lot of things that we grew through there uh, as a DIY. Now we're conveying all the things that we learned in our past, and we give that to our customers as part of our value offering. Yeah, I think the counsel that I always give customers is if, if, you, if you have a resource that's available to learn the, the side of the industry, you can be successful. Right. But if you're going to try to pluck somebody who's, who's already got a 10-hour-a-day day job, um, it's going to be difficult. And uh, especially early on, I think there's an absolute role for a lean integrator to help somebody get started and get started fast. And at that point, they can you can make a business decision about whether you want to use an integrator or pull, pull more in-house. Right. And, and we always, we, we, we encourage it, like anybody, like for us, um, you know, we've been on uh, webinars and um, podcasts uh, before this. And you know, I, I still encourage people just to reach out to us. Um, we're we're in this together. Uh, now we hear that a lot more than ever. But right. uh, you know, we we knew as machine shop owners, we were there's a there's a brotherhood hood that we're all trying to work together and try to combat the skills gap and increase productivity and being globally competitive. Even if you don't buy a robot from us, um, you know, reach out to me. I, I'm anxious to help. Um, and also for my own edification, I, I'd love to hear what your challenges are. And yeah. it makes us better at what we are. And I think this ecosystem 
um, that UR has created and the in, inside the machine tending and machine shops is incredible and, and we love to see it grow and I'm a big evangelist for it. Well, we appreciate that, as you well know. Yeah, so. um, I, I think one of the things that, that I think you do very well is you do a great job of reducing risk. And I mean, I've been around integrators for a long, long, long time, and I've seen some jobs that really just should not have been taken. Um, what's your toolbox look like to reduce risk in the job? So for example, how do you how do you estimate throughput or cycle time, run rates, or however you want to call that that production model? Oh, uh, wow, that's a that's a multi-pronged question. Uh, so, well, first of all, when we look at a um, opportunity, like we we have customers that are insistent on us doing automation with collaborative robots for it, uh, but we do have a, a matrix on that. It's kind of like a risk matrix. People would know that from ISO or AS ninety one hundred. You know, you, mm -hmm. you need to do that risk assessment of like doing that work. Um, not talking about safety. I'm talking about if it's worth you know doing it or if it's going to be more complex. Yep. So that's part of it. Um, the other thing is um, our, our machine shop owners know their production rates. They know how long it takes to machine parts. They know what their output is. It's pretty straightforward. Um, I mean, just to get into the details, we know chip to chip, we can move a part in and out of a, a machine uh, within 33 seconds with a dual gripper. Uh, with a single gripper, it's less than a minute. We could do a quick calculation and, and let them know. And it's, it's simply adding it up in a, in a spreadsheet how we can do that. Um, and then they can determine what their ROIs are. Some of them are very, um, they keep their cards closer to the vest. You know, they don't really want to tell you what their burden rates are and what their costs are. Yep. But we try to just say, how can we increase their productivity by doing those, um, the, the, those estimates for them? What about, uh, what about work envelope issues or payload issues? Do you have tools to kind of keep yourself out of the weeds in, in those areas? Yeah, so we basically rely on three. Um, one is um, we use a, a software called RoboDK, um, which is a, a, a robot um, second party uh, software that we could use to demonstrate that. The other one is we have a, a lab here of, uh, of robots with five, a UR5, UR10, and UR16 that we can test things with for our customer. And then we've also went as crazy as ex doing the, their exact process um, in our machine shop to prove it out. And we just take video of that as well. Uh, so we use those three tools, which are unique to us um, because of the software and everything else. Mm -hmm. And then also we occasionally use what you know UR has to offer on the simulation as well. Good, understood. Um, talk a little bit about typical system costs and then how you work with your customers to calculate a, a you know a legitimate ROI as you said I understand some of them don't want to share the inner workings of their business but uh, <laughs> we still have to come up with an economic benefit <laughs> to put the offer in front of the customer absolutely yeah um, so you went back to the traditional integrator and most of those integrators are about three to four times the price of the robot for integration. There's been that rule of thumb. Yep. Our goal as uh, a lean integrator is to do it less than 2x uh, for our customers. So most of our installations, complete installations, uh, no hidden costs are between 60 and 90,000. Um, it includes everything, all the equipment, the training, the integration, 
uh, running the production, the support after installation is all included. There's no hidden costs. Um, and also, um, you know, what we're looking at in most applications is, you know, doing a, a return on investment calculator for them. Um, I, I believe there's a lot of tools out there. I think UR has a tool as well. Um, and like I said before, sometimes we can't get the burden rate from them, so we do some hypotheticals for them and say, yep. you know, typical yep. of what they are. Um, and especially on a, um, a, a two-shift operation that's five days a week, they're seeing um, returns on um, return within a year, uh, typically about um, seven to 11 months. Um, anything that's single shift, um, we've probably seen something in the, in the neighborhood of 12 to 14 months uh, max. And so still, the returns- are still fantastic numbers. Oh, they're, yeah. they're incredibly good numbers, absolutely. Um, I think the other story that I hear from shop owners is, uh, uh, you, you know, the, the $75,000 incremental investment for a cobot uh, tending station to keep a half million dollar machine tool running uh, is a pretty fair return. Oh, absolutely. And, and what it's nice is that if you look at a lot of these ROI calculators that are out there, and you can see how much money you're making after it, you know, after you made the investment, you get to net neutral, then you're going to see how much more money you make, which is incredible as well. That is now, and you, if I remember right, you mentioned that you like the Robotique uh, calculator. That's correct. Good, good. We do too. It's a nice tool. Well, Craig, that is, uh, those are all the questions that I have. This has been a fantastic conversation. Um, you've been a, not just a good customer for us, but I think you've been a fantastic supplier to your customers. We hear that all the time. Oh yeah. Uh, and there's, there's no better praise in my mind. Um, so we're happy you could come up and join us today for a little bit. Yeah, thank well, thank you. you. And, thank uh, you, Ed. And uh, Craig, if they, our listeners are looking to learn a little bit more about integration, whether it's lean or otherwise, or um, just to learn more about Fusion and what they can do for them, uh, would you mind sharing a little bit of contact information? Sure, absolutely. To, to reach out to our team, uh, you can reach out to cobotics at fusionoem.com. Again, it's uh, cobotics at fusionoem.com. Uh, or you can reach me through LinkedIn at Craig Zobaris. It's Z-O-B-E-R-I-S. And um, we have tons of YouTube videos for inspiration. And if you follow us on Instagram, uh, our, um, you can reach us uh, through Fusion OEM through Instagram as well. So um, we have all kinds of channels. Um, you know, comment on them. We'd love to hear your input on them as well. Uh, and as we go down this cobot journey, we're going to get better and better at it. And I hope and welcome more people to join us as well. And I, again, thank you guys. Um, you guys have been great partners to Fusion, and uh, we look forward to the years to come. Yep, off we go. Thank, thank you, you, Craig, very, very much. Danielle, tell our listeners how to get a hold of us. We have a lot of automation information coming your way. So if you aren't already following The Cobot Show, follow us here on Spotify. And if you're looking for your next steps in automation, visit universal-robots.com or send us an email at ur.na at universal-robots.com if you have a specific question about what we discussed today or if you have a suggestion for a future podcast.